And just like that, the season is over. One more episode for you guys on the regular season. I got to be honest, this one is uh, a bit more of me rambling uh, rather than stats and info, um, but a great win to end the season. So we have a little fun talking about the game, look ahead to bowls and, and some offseason stuff uh, and a wrestling recap at the end for you. Let's get it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of No Names All Game. Today is Monday, November 26th, and the regular season is over. Your Nittany Lions finish with a bang, absolutely demolishing Maryland, 38-3, finish the season 9-3. and Pat, I feel good. I just, I feel good right now. Yeah, for the first time in like a few weeks, you actually feel good about a game. Even through our wins, we were like, we just didn't look great, and Today was just everything seemed to be clicking. The defensive line was dominant. Amazing. Trace looked like his old self, uh, both throwing and running. Um, we, I mean, the, the offensive efficiency was phenomenal. Now, yeah. Not a lot to complain about. No, it was it was a complete game, and we, we haven't seen that since I don't know maybe Pitt, right? Like you know, it's, it's been a long season where we've we've kind of picked apart all of the negatives and. You know, we've tried to stay positive, and you know, we we said after the Ohio State loss, you can still go eleven and one, and the Michigan State loss, you can still go ten and two, and then the Michigan loss, right? And things kept happening, but you, you take a step back and you look at it, and we finished the season nine and three, um, likely in the top ten to twelve ish in college football playoff. We'll we'll talk about that a little bit at the end. Um, I don't really see us moving up too much. No, but it's but my point is, it's not a terrible season. Like for for as as much as we've complained and our crazy high expectations, not a bad year. And to go out on a good note, like this was the first game in a while that I didn't worry at all after the first maybe two or three series. I was just like, okay, this is how it's supposed to go, and we're going to win big. Um, and this was a Maryland team who had been moving the ball and putting up points these last couple of weeks. We talked about how, the, how they handled Ohio State, almost beat, probably should have beat Ohio State on that last play. Uh, I mean, they put up, what, 52 points against Ohio State? Yeah, I mean, this was a Maryland team that kind of, they, they, they never seemed to be able to pull out wins, but they were always dangerous. Mm-hmm. And we did a great job not making them dangerous at all. I mean, they have one of the best running backs in the country in that McFarland kid. Yeah. And they're an offense that creates big chunk plays. And we held them to 74 yards rushing on the, like as a team, and they had no big plays. None. McFarland, uh, who ran for, what was it, like 200 yards on Ohio State, two touchdowns, maybe even 300 yards, I think. Uh, he had six carries for 12, 12 yards. yards. Yeah. So... Yeah, it was just. I think, it was, I think he was averaging eight yards a carry coming into the game. Yeah, so I, I mean, mean that's just you can't say enough about what the defense. Super, is super impressive. Um, and and like I said, Maryland, I I I was worried a little bit on this because one, they're coming off of a super emotional loss, which which can go one of two ways: you either get super pumped and you just go balls to the wall, or you're very very deflated. Um, but them being five and six coming into this game, for fighting for bowl eligibility. To honor a fallen with everything that player. they've had, their interim head coach who looks to be like the guy that they're all rallying around. It's like shit, they're they got a lot to fight for. Um Yeah, I mean if they'd been playing anyone but us, I would have been rooting for them. Yeah, but our team showed up in in every aspect. Um, like you said, offense was great, defense was great. Um, 
no major blunders. Yeah, there's a fumble or something, but overall, just a really, really good game. Um, so I think this is going to be a quick one for the game itself. We'll we'll give out our awards. Uh, we were talking a little bit before we started here. Uh, I don't have a lamp, so it's just going to be a line. We're, yeah, we're going to we're going to be positive. Uh, we're not going to talk about bad or ugly because there is not. We're just going to talk about the good. Um, so let's kick it off. Who's your Who's your final lion? of the 2018 season. Got to go with the man himself, Trace McSorley. Um, you know, had a great game. Tw- didn't pass a ton, but 12 for 22. Good efficiency. Uh, 230 yards. Not gigantic passing yards, but good. Uh, a touchdown and then 64 yards on ground with two more scores. You know, he, the guy controlled the offense the whole day. He was the playmaker, making things happen. And also, you got to give him the line just for what he's been for us for this season and for three years. He has been the man. He has been, I would say, it's really close between him and Saquon, my favorite player to ever watch at Penn State. But he's definitely been my favorite quarterback to ever watch at Penn State. Yeah, and, and it's funny. I mean, we've talked, we talked at the beginning of this season about how much we loved Saquon and how much we missed him, and, and still do, of course. Um, but, yeah, I think over the course of the season, I've realized just how much I love Trace. And oh, I've so <laughs> never, ever like gotten emotional for a senior day. Um, but man, I was like, I was retweeting everything I could find about him. Like, I mean, just every moment it was like, I mean, I won't say I cried. I'm a crier, but I, I didn't cry, but it was, I was, you know, the heartstrings were getting tugged. Um, you know, the, just the embrace before the game of him and Franklin, you know, the big hug. Um, there's some amazing pictures of him, like, uh, end of the game doing like a push up where he goes down and just kisses the grass one more time. Uh, someone got a great picture of him, like kneeling and they have like, the spotlight behind him. Um, the moment where he got pulled, I actually don't know if this was on the broadcast, but people were posting it on Twitter, fourth quarter, where they pull him for Tommy Stevens. And at first you kind of think, okay, the game's out of hand. They're just, you know, just doing it just because, man. That was very, very strategic by Franklin just to give him a moment because as soon as he comes out, the PA announcer says, now coming in, Tommy Stevens for number nine, Trace McSorley in the whole stadium. Just ovation, like he's waving to the crowd. Kind of gives him, you know, his last minute. Um, which I thought was awesome. Um, really, really cool move by Franklin to do that. Um, you know, we, we were sitting here two weeks ago talking about, hey, if this is a close game at halftime, they're going to have to make a decision. Shit, he was never coming out of that game. And and I'm just so happy that I'm he so was – I'm so happy that's not what came down to. Yeah, I'm so happy that he was healthy and he could finish it his way. He could, that he first could finish off his regular season Penn State career at Beaver Stadium as himself. Yep. That first rushing touchdown, I was like, yep, this is going to be a good one. Uh, and then he had another rushing touchdown. It was great. Um, passing touchdown to his favorite target, Pat Fryermuth. Um, the only thing I can say probably, I won't even say negative, but he did come up, I think it was like 15 yards short of the rushing. all-time rushing record for a QB. So Michael Robinson holds on to that one. Game. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, bowl games count, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was it was absolutely amazing. Um, loved the the walk, the one lap they took at the end, uh, the kind of like the fifth-year seniors. It was him, Amani. Uh, Koa Farmer, Nick Scott, and DeAndre, maybe. Um, and they did kind of like a lap around the stadium. And it was just, yeah, like I said, it was it was emotional. Like maybe just because these are these are the, you know, the first Franklin guys, right? This is Trace and Amani were both Vanderbilt flips. They were committed to Vanderbilt to the staff. And then Franklin took them here. So I think just everything this program's been through, um, being back to kind of national relevance and prominence, it's, you know, this class, as much as we've talked about the the Maudis and the Zordiches and what we love them for doing. And then the Hackenberg and Brennemans for kind of being the, the top guys that 
committed and showed it was okay. Yeah. Now this group is the group that took finally to took it, level. right? So, I mean, all of those pieces are really, really important, but this was that, that last phase. So I agree. I was going to give mine to Trace too um, because he's incredible, but I will pick someone else. My second favorite guy who is just having a monster year, Yitor Gross Matos. Oh, man. Uh, man, I mean, the guy is just an absolute animal um, defensive end. So he finishes this game with, uh, let's see, four he's tackles. Right? He's a true sophomore, so we have him for at least one more year, um, likely only one more because if he keeps playing this way, he's going to be a very highly touted NFL mm-hmm. prospect. Um, but he had four tackles, three and a half for loss, which puts him at 20 tackles for loss for the season. That's Do you know how many times that has been done in Penn State history? Um, I believe 12 times by 11 players. 12 times by 11 <laughs> players. You got it. Um, I yeah. saw that tweet on Saturday. Yeah, of course. I, I mean, it's a very, very hot topic. But, I mean, just to put that in perspective. Who did it twice? Uh, LeVar, I think. Okay. Maybe I could be wrong. Don't quote me, but I, I think it was one of those one of those guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. To put that in perspective, the last time someone did that, do you know the last time? It's probably circulating in uh, tweets too. Carl Nassib, maybe. No, because I thought that too. Because he had he set the sacks record and he had like fifteen and a half. Um, so I guess he just didn't have a whole lot of tackles for loss because he ended he ended with nineteen and a half tackles for loss. Okay. Um, last time to do it was two thousand and eight. Aaron Maben. Oh, wow. It's been 10 years, man. Shit. Like that's, I mean, that's a cool feat for, for as much talent as has come through Penn State. This guy, true sophomore, Yitro Grossmato, is doing something that hasn't been done in 10 years and, and making it look easy. That's what I love about him is like, he's a big dude, but like he doesn't look like, I don't know how to say this, like because it's going to sound like I'm insulting him, but I'm not. Crazy. Yeah, it's not like he's like running wild with his head cut off. Like it's just so natural where it's just like, oh, I tackled a guy. Oh, he's got drop him down. on the ball that like, um, he does a great job uh, deciding when he's going to set the edge or when he's going to crash down the line. I knew you'll rarely see him make a mistake there. And you've seen multiple times a season when he does crash down the line and gets that running back in the backfield mm-hmm. because he's so fast. Yeah. And then the way he sets the edge too, he doesn't miss a lot of tackles, which is so valuable in a defensive lineman. I mean, it, it's always great when you see defensive linemen who are able to like create pressure and disrupt and kind of slow down the play for the other you know, other players like linebacker and other defensive linemen to, you know, get in there. But you, you see so many defensive uh, linemen miss tackles in the backfield that lead to broken big plays. Yeter rarely misses tackles. Yeah. And it's so great to watch. And what I love even more than that, too, is a lot of his tackles for loss yeah. are solo tackles. Just him and exactly. the running back just like dropping them. It's incredible. Um, so, yeah, they were, they were trying the kind of like the jet sweep a lot. Um, yeah. And they had no success there. None. And he just kept dropping him in the backfield. It was it was awesome. Um, like I said, I, I not to pat myself on the back, but uh, Pat, Pat, Pat uh, did guess that he was going to lead us in sacks, which I think he does. Um, I haven't seen the final season totals. But um, regardless, it, he's just been an incredible, incredible talent for this team. And and he'll be the anchor of, of what's going to be a strong defense to come back next year. We'll talk at the end of the show about uh, some guys that we're definitely going to be losing and maybe some that we think might be going. He's one that's coming back for sure, and I think he's going to win this award a whole lot next season. So final for 2018, last game, Trace McSorley, Utah Gross Matos. You guys are our Lions for the week. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to go back and like listen to our old episodes, tally up, see who got the most. <laughs> I feel like Trace, Trace got a couple of them. Um, yeah. well, Utah got a couple. Miles. Stop giving them to him. That's true, because in the <laughs> beginning he was just killing it. Miles got a couple. Up. That'll be interesting to see how many we gave away. Um 
yeah, no lambs. This was this was just a good game all around. There's there's nothing to complain about. So let's just go through some of the good from this game, um, just some of the fun stuff to end the season, and then we'll we'll get into some postseason end of season wrap up talks. What uh what do you got to take away from this game that, that was good? Um, I, I mean, as far as things I haven't touched on so far, yeah. Um, Jawan Johnson coming back, being healthy, getting a couple of receptions, a couple of big receptions. I love seeing that. Um, I'm guessing he wasn't involved in the entire game to kind of preserve some of his health. Yeah. But it was phenomenal seeing him get it. I didn't even realize he was active for the game. And then he comes up with that huge, like, 20-yard catch. Yeah. And I, was, I was so excited. I think it was, I think it was almost a 40-yarder. It, yeah. it was a big play. Even though the game was, like, out of hand at that point, I would, like, that, that's about as excited as I get watching somebody do something while my team's up by 30. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, for me, and, man. And like, no, I think there was only one drop on the day. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't something I took away from, so it couldn't have been a whole lot. Um, for me, it was the running backs, man. Um, really, really good game all around. Miles, Miles, 14 carries for 128. So that's an average of 9.1. Um, long only being 35, so it's not like an 80-yarder that inflated it. That was great. Uh, Ricky Slade comes in, has 11 carries, 64 yards, exact, and two touchdowns. Oh, exact same stats as Trace on the ground. 11 games, really? 64 yards and two touchdowns. Wow, look at that. You think they planned it? They talked before the game. They're like, Had hey, to. man, how many you want to go for? He's like, oh, let's go for like 60. Trace is like, nah, 64. Ricky's yeah. like, okay, man, you're the captain. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I thought that was great to see. And you know, Jeremy Brown got some touches. Too, yeah. Which great. Yep, exactly. So I think, uh, you know, one of the conversations we'll have, uh, again, at the end of this episode and, and in the next one is is Miles' decision. And, you know, it's one of those things that if he comes back or if he doesn't, I think, I think we're in pretty good hands in the running back room. And, and this has been kind of that trend, right? It's it's Saquon to Miles, Miles to Ricky, Ricky Journey, Journey to Devin Ford, who's coming in next year, who's a top prospect. Like the running back room Saquon, is. We had Akeel Lynch was like a really good running back. He was. I loved. I loved Akeel Lynch. Um, shout out Akeel if you're I, listening. One time I was uh, when I was working at Bar Blue, uh, Akeel used to come in sometimes, and <laughs> we had this. Uh, he was hanging out by the bar. We were talking. There was this really drunk kid. And one of the players was with him, asked the kid, he goes, yeah, what do you think of uh, Akeel Lynch? It's like, yeah, man, he's pretty good, but sucks for him that he's just not going to say Quan Barkley. <laughs> and then awesome. we all start cracking up. He's like, what? It's like, that, that's him right there. Like, no. Get up to pull out his driver's license and show him that he was actually Akeel Lynch. Just to prove it? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's like that's like so cool, but embarrassing at the same time. It's like you're you know somewhat not a superstar, but you're a Penn State player. You're pretty popular, and like people in the bar just don't believe you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought the running game was great. Uh, o line played really really well, and this was this was a different uh, O line than we've seen. Uh, Michael Mennett, center was out for an injury. He was in street clothes, so Connor McGovern, who was our center last year, slid back in, um, and Mike Miranda plugged into right guard. And, and honestly, they didn't miss a beat. They they actually looked really good, which was. Just awesome. Um, so yeah, Miles had a fumble, and and that's been a problem for him. But again, I'm not going to harp on negative. This this was just a great game. Yeah, it's been like a minor problem. For him. Yeah, it's not like he's fumbling every game. It's it's been more than you want to see, but it's not like you're not going into every game worrying about is Miles going to fumble today. Right. Exactly. Um, so the offense as a whole, this this was just an explosive game. So we've talked before. Franklin really likes to track the explosive plays. So what he counts that is uh, passes, completions of 15 yards plus and rushes of 12 yards plus. So we had eight completions of 15 yard plus, including a 34 to Hamler, a 38 to Juwan, uh, 22 to Fryermuth. That really cool little flea flicker they did at the end of the first half, uh, 
Passed yeah. it to Yandre, flipped it to KJ. Uh, there's a hook and ladder, not a flea flicker. That's well, you yeah. know what I mean. I'm excited. I'm, I don't have a my terminology. Right. Yes, I know what a flea flicker is. Damn it. Um, the you. hook and ladder, and ladder is short for lateral. Um, see, I'm learning. Uh, yeah, jokingly, I jokingly tweeted like, "You think Joe Mo texted that to Ricky? Like, where the fuck did that come I from?" Love that play. It was incredible, and and honestly, especially because it's he didn't like fully catch it and ladder. He kind of did it all in one motion. Yep. I, nuts. It was it was sexy. It was a sexy play. Uh, so yeah, eight eight completions of fifteen plus, which for a passing game that has struggled most of the season, awesome. Uh, and then uh, seven rushes of twelve or more yards, including a thirty-five from Miles, twenty from Trace, twenty from Miles, eighteen from Tommy Stevens. I mean, it was just it was all over the place. Ricky had two twelve-yarders, so um, just a really good game. Uh, really, really and good I game. Think I only saw Trace really miss one pass that he should have had. It was a it's kind of like a wheel route, I think. Okay. To to Miles, I can't remember if it was to Miles or somebody else, but he just overthrew him by a little bit. Okay, like, I'm blanking on this one, but I trust by you. Like a step. Yeah, and, and that's, that was the only one I really saw him miss. Yeah, and this is one of those games where I honestly like th- through this whole process of us kind of starting this podcast, like I've I've had a bit more of a critical eye. Like I'm still just a you know regular dude watching the game. That's who we are. But like you know I, I you know keep mental notes so I have something to talk about. This game, man. Like I said, after the first couple series. Sat back, had a beer, watched the game, and just had fun. And it was, like I said, an awesome way to end a somewhat disappointing season. Um, but that leads us into kind of, you know, what's next and where do we go? What's the bowl game? So um, a little bit of chaos in in the rest of college football this week. We saw Ohio State beat Michigan. Um, Michigan, this is why we can't have nice things, honestly. Can I be honest with you? I wasn't upset about that. No, and, and that's what a lot of people are saying. Like, I was, I was fighting with one guy on Twitter. He was like, no, man, like – uh, take the jokes, take take the irony of like Michigan not winning a Big Ten championship. It'll be funny. I'll be like, yeah, but if they go to the playoff, we got a better chance at a New Year's Six. Now, I don't know. Well, actually, here's my counterpoint to that. I, I think this actually looks better for us with Ohio State beating Michigan because so obviously we get our just our shit pumped by Michigan. Right. Forty was it forty two to seven? Yeah, don't remind me. And so then, but we only lose by one to Ohio State. So if Michigan goes in and beats Ohio State, it proves very clearly that, you know, basically what they did to us is what should have happened. Right. So with us losing that tight to Ohio State, uh, it makes not the loss to Michigan seem like a bit of a fluke because I, I think it's obvious that they were the better team. Yeah, of season, course. But it makes the score seem like it might have been, been a bit of a fluke. That's like, fair. Just like, oh, we, you know, we didn't play well, they played well. Yeah. Because obviously we can – we can beat and we match up against teams that they lost to. Yeah, and that game and, was, what, 14-0 nothing for a while? They right? didn't even lose close. No, I mean, they, they, Ohio State demolished them. Yeah. Demolished, made them look terrible. Like, I don't think their defense had a sack all day. They were in our backfield all day. They knocked Trace down all day. I don't think they got to Haskins at all. Um, so I, I think that's one of those things where, like, all right, well, if we can play Ohio State yeah. to what could have been a win, the fact that we lost 42-7 to in Michigan – is more of an anomaly. All right, yes. I, I hear you. Like that, that blowout. Yeah, is yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. That's like fair. They've played I do... them ten times. Most of the games are probably within ten. Points. Right. Right. Okay, that's a fair way to look at it. And Eight I do wonder. Ten games are within ten. Points. I do wonder if the committee like gets that granular at our level. Like if you're talking like bubble teams, who's number four, five, six? I think they probably scrutinize every little piece like that. Shit, we're number twelve. They might just look at, hey, they're nine and three and they're Penn State, and LSU is nine and three and they're LSU. Who do we like more? You know, like, I, I don't know. So um, I think what we look at, though, is Michigan loses. So obviously they are out of the playoff. 
So what you're looking at, um, we're recording this Monday night, so the actual CFP rankings will come out tomorrow on Tuesday. Hopefully you're listening to this by then. Uh, top three will remain Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame. Um, all undefeated, yeah? Yeah. That's crazy. Three teams undefeated. I know. Normally we see at least a couple of one losses up there. Uh, four spot will very likely go to Georgia for now until the SEC championship um, with Oklahoma, Ohio State, and I guess you kind of have to keep UCF in there because – you know, they're still winning, yeah. um, all vying for that last spot. So after that, um, it really depends on how far the committee drops LSU and Washington State. Uh, I think currently, I think the coaches poll had them behind us, both of them, but the AP had both of them ahead of us. I think it's going to be a lot of personal preference on the voters. Like, you know, I, I, LSU, I believe, is 9-3. and three. Washington State, I think, has a better record than us. I don't know. I should probably have these stats, but like I said. In I'm, Washington, I believe right Washington about. State is 10-2. and two. They lost to Washington. Right, who is number 16. Three, right? right, so it's, it's hey, does Washington so, jump us? Exactly, that's the Does, one. you know, does, uh, who else? Someone else was going to jump us. Texas, maybe. Um, so there, there's know, a lot of what-ifs. Like, like I said, I think us not being in a Big Ten championship, all we can do is sit and wait. Because here's what's going to happen. Ohio we, State we should beat Northwestern. Oklahoma wins that Big 12 championship. Yeah, we want Oklahoma to win. Because we want Ohio Texas State to win. Clearly jump us. Right, exactly. So we want Oklahoma to win their championship. We want Ohio State to win theirs. Realistically, we want Alabama to win theirs too because our best hope of the New Year's Six is your final four is Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Ohio State as much as that pains me to say it because that leaves Michigan as the first Big Ten team selected to a bowl and us as the second. So Michigan would go to the Rose Bowl. We would go to whatever's next. I don't think the SEC championship is kind of a big effect because it's either going to be Georgia makes it or Oklahoma makes it well, yeah, if, if Georgia beats Bama, then Georgia and Bama are both very likely in. Like, they're not going to leave a one-loss Alabama out. It's just yeah. not going to happen. Um, and that hurts us, right? Because if Georgia – yeah, because then you're, you're Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Georgia. So you've got Ohio State and oh, Michigan oh, both going to bowl games ahead of us. Right. So if we want – you know, and again, this, this is like – yeah, New York Six matters, and it's fun to go to a good bowl game. At the end of the day, if you're not in the playoff, nothing matters, right? But we want to go to a great bowl game. I mean, so, it does and it doesn't. Yeah, it, it, hey, it looks good for the resume. I know Coach Franklin gets a nice bonus if that happens. Um, I think it's like if he goes to any bowl, it's like $200,000. And then if it's a New Year's Six, it's 300000 So, uh, Coach Franklin, my Venmo is open. Uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot that's going to happen. And, and realistically, I think what we want to happen in the conference championships are the favorites win. The higher seeds win kind of keep it in order, and then Michigan goes to the Rose Bowl, and we have a shot to go to the Peach Bowl, which is the other New Year's Six. It's not guaranteed, but it's a shot because it would be that, that, that large If, if we make a New Year's Six, it's going to be the Peach Bowl. Right, exactly. And it's either going to be LSU or Florida, it looks like. Very likely, yep. Yeah, and then the other uh, the other potential bowl game that everyone's talking about is the Citrus Bowl, um, which is not a New Year's Six, but still pretty good. Um, a, lot of, a lot of projections against like a Kentucky on that one. Um, which I don't know, like I still blows my mind that they're in the top 15. I, know. I don't know how, like I haven't watched them enough. I'm sure they're good if they're up there, but they were so bad for so long. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I think this is, you know, this is a lot of speculation, right? We don't really know anything until after the conference championships. So let's sit tight. Let's see what happens next week and then go from there. If I had to guess, if we're guessing right now, I think tomorrow when the rankings come out, maybe we're number 11, maybe. Like, I, I could see LSU or Washington State dropping below us. I don't think both do, and there might be a team that jumps us. I think maybe we stay at 12, maybe we move to 11. I don't see us jumping that much more. I don't see us moving up. 
Not at all. No. Because I think the teams that lost were too far ahead of us. Yeah. Anyone that lost drops to either – no one that lost drops to a worse record than us. That's the thing. And we don't really have any – Marquee wins, wins, yeah. No, that's fair. And we, Do we have a win against a single-ranked team? Is Wisconsin still ranked? I don't think so. Probably not. And Pitt blew it. Yeah. That yeah, would yeah. Be, if Pitt – because they were 24 and then they yeah, lost, if right? If they had beaten Miami, you know, they would have finished in like, you know, the 21 range. And to, it would have helped. To blow out a team that's ranked like 21 would have been a, a nice little resume yeah. builder. Yeah, I think the only thing, you know, really going for us at this point is, again, this at this point, some of it is politics, right? It's it's bowl games want teams that are going to bring in big crowds and sell a whole lot of tickets. So We, we will do that. Yeah, if you've got a 9-3 and three Penn State or, you know, a Florida or a Kentucky or a West Virginia, you know, there maybe you're going to want Penn State in there. So we'll see. Um, man, speaking of just crazy games, though, did you watch that LSU A&M game? Seven overtimes? Yeah. Holy shit. That was insane. Um, electric, so much fun. I don't know if I love the overtime rule or if I hate it, but just. I like it better than the NFL. Yeah, definitely. But it was almost like the, uh, it reminded me of uh, Miracle. Uh, Herb Brooks, Again. 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 Again, because it's just like every time you thought it was over, nope, scored again. Um, How is there no single stop there? Yeah, ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, just a, a really great way to end the season. Um, to finish in, in the top 15, top 12, after back-to-back losses to Ohio State and Michigan State, honestly, I don't think you can be that mad. Like, you can't. You just can't. And if you're, if you're pissed off about that, sure, be pissed off about the losses, be pissed off about whatever. But the way we have finished this season – you got to be okay with it. Yeah, I mean, this was a disappointing season, but still a good season. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's really what it comes down to because our hopes coming into the season were either undefeated Big Ten championship or one loss and possibly a Big Ten championship. Yeah. Um, obviously, that didn't happen. And I. it's hard to say which one was the toughest. I would say probably the blowout to Michigan mm-hmm. because at least through the other ones, you were like, all right, well, you know what? We're there. We're almost there. Like, We've lost our last five games by 12 combined yeah. points. Like, I can't say that anymore. Yeah, you lose that big, there's, yeah. there's just nothing to say. But I'm almost happier about that. And, and I think we talked about this on on one of the episodes. What was his name? Jake brought up. Yeah, like, exactly. Big losses how, make big changes. Yeah, big losses exposed you. And, you know, maybe we needed that. Yeah, maybe we needed that. Like true. We have said this team was not a great team this year. We, we, we know that. And that's okay. Because guess what? We got a lot of guys coming back next year. Um so let's jump into that. Uh, we'll, we'll get to bowl talk, um, you know, a little bit more after the conference championships once we hear what's happening. Um, but let's talk about kind of, you know, who we're, who we're, who are we definitely losing? And then a couple of ones that we think, think we might lose. So if we look at the offense, we lose trace, right? Obviously our guy, Tommy Stevens is going to be the quarterback next year. Um, I've seen a lot of debate about how our guy, Sean Clifford. Um, but I don't know, man, I, 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 I don't see any way, that Tommy, if healthy, is not the starting quarterback. I could see Sean getting reps and, and being a very capable number two and maybe it even being a competition going into the season like it was for Trace and Tommy that first year. Um, I just don't see that. So we move into Tommy Stevens. Um, offensive line, I don't know if we lose anyone. The only two that I think could go, and, and I'm talking like regular starters. I think Chaz Wright is a senior, so we lose him. But like the regular five which is Bates, Gonzalez, Mennett, McGovern, and Fries, with Miranda now thrown in there. Ryan Bates and Connor McGovern are the two that I believe are eligible and are our best linemen. I don't know if either of them had like 
a year good enough to say, hey, I'm going to go to the NFL early as an offensive lineman. What are your thoughts? I mean, yeah, I definitely agree with you, especially um, you know on a big stage playing against Michigan. Every single one of those linemen got absolutely exposed. So it I mean, was ugly. Yeah, and I'd be fairly surprised if you. I mean, the the offensive line unit in general, I would say, was somewhat disappointing this season. Um, it was inconsistent. That's really the big Yeah, thing. that's what I was going to say. There, there were flashes like this Maryland game that they looked incredible. Uh, the Pitt game, they looked really good. I mean, there, there were flashes, but yes, I agree. And the big thing was uh, our offensive line struggled against good teams. Yeah. They struggled against Ohio State, and they struggled against Michigan. And even a little bit against Michigan State. Mm-hmm. And so, that, I mean, I think that those are the types of games that NFL scouts would be looking at because obviously that's the higher competition. Right. The NFL is, of course – higher competition. Yeah, it's best of the best. Yeah, when you see these guys going up against the best college teams and not playing great, I don't see that boating well for their draft stock. Yeah, I agree. And I think when when you're an offensive lineman, if you're leaving early, you're a round one, round two guy because you're just an absolute mauler. You're 350 pounds. You're a beast. Like, I don't don't think – I don't think it serves any of them well to leave early if you're not, like, 100% ready. So I don't think so, but we'll see – uh, from the wide receiver core, I think we only lose DeAndre. Um, I don't think there's any other true seniors in that group. And obviously, Jawan would be the only one that we thought might leave early, but not he, after the year he's had. Yeah, he absolutely has not had the season to leave early. Um, you know, he always could just based on the fact that he has the, the measurables sure. that look great for an NFL wide receiver. But I don't think it would be the right move for him. Um, one, in terms of draft stock, because he had a hugely supporting season. And two, just like career-wise, because I don't think he's ready for the NFL. Yeah, and and like I said, we can do a whole episode kind of diving into each player, but I don't see it happening. Um, so, yeah, I think DeAndre is the only one we lose from there. And then we move to the running back position. This is the big one. So we lose Mark Allen, who obviously we lost early in the season to injury. Um, but Miles Sanders, this is going to be a hot topic. And it's, it's gotten some buzz over the last two weeks or so where they've started talking about it. And, and he's opened up and said he hasn't even thought about it. He has no idea right now. And I do believe that to to an extent, but um, I wouldn't be shocked. Like I think he's I think he's put together a very good season. I think he's shown what he can do as a running back, and I think this class is really weak. And that's where that's where I say I wouldn't be shocked because I think another year at Penn State would do him wonders. I think he could cement himself as a top running back and and show teams what he's worth. But next year's running back class is loaded, so. I honestly don't know which way I lean, but it wouldn't like wouldn't completely shock me. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he left, but I don't think he will. Um, you know, he had a, a very good season, six yards of carry, uh, 1,200 yards, 22 receptions, um, nine touchdowns, no receiving touchdowns. Um, but, it would, you know, there weren't stats that like, you know, there weren't Heisman stats. Right. Um, and with the I don't know, with the running back position the way it is in the NFL, uh, if he left this year, I'd still be kind of surprised to see him go in like the second round. You know, I I I think he'd be like a third fourth rounder. Yeah, yeah, that's some of the early projections I've seen is like third forty, even fifth maybe. Yeah, and um, do do you want to leave early to be a third fourth fifth fourth fifth rounder? No, but the, the counter-argument to that is you might end up in that same category next year just because of the class. Like You've yeah. got guys coming out, like I said, Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin, J.K. Dobbins from Ohio State, 
um, Cam Akers from Florida State. Who am I missing? DeAndre Swift from Georgia. Like it's it's a talented class. So My, I think Miles it's, strikes me as one of those kids though who wants to be like, yeah, I want to go out in that class and I want to show that I'm better than them. I want to better yeah. seasons than them. Yeah. To show yeah. that I'm, I'm a better running. And back. I think he could, right? I think he could. It's just it's running back, especially is one of those taxing, taxing positions where you're getting beat up on every play, right? And you're you know you only got so many so much tread on those tires. Yeah, so it's always just the risk of. Yep. Exactly. So, so we'll, we'll dive into that one a little bit more because I know I can. Right. We'll, we'll dive into that one a little bit more, uh, after, after conference championships. Um, Jonathan Thomas, we lose as well. Fifth year senior running back again, um, had a couple of nice plays this season, but wasn't heavily in the rotation. Um, what's interesting is I scroll down our depth chart. We have no true juniors on this team, like no juniors that have junior eligibility. All of the juniors have sophomore eligibility. Isn't that crazy? I would, I would assure you have a senior with junior eligibility. That's what I'm, I think I'm reading this right. Maybe I'm reading this wrong. We'll yeah, find yeah, out. Yeah, he's a senior with junior eligibility. I just looked at him. Okay. Um, so, yeah, on the offensive side of the ball, we lose Trace. We lose DeAndre. And maybe Miles. But I think even if we lose – even if we do lose Miles, I think we have capable backups. And I, I think this offense takes a step next year with all of the young receivers that got reps, with the young running backs, with the offensive line – getting time to gel. If all five of those guys come back, like I think this offense can take a big step next year. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to imagine the offense being better without Trace. But what I, I what you really hope to see, and what I think there's a massive potential to see, is just a lot more consistency from this team on the offense next year. Uh, provided, you know, Tommy plays well, performs up to what you know we think he can. Um, the offensive line should be a lot more consistent. Um, the wide receivers hopefully will be more consistent, just catching the ball and with guys like Jawan getting open. So that's really what I, cause I, I don't think this team lacks for talent anywhere on the offense. No, not at all. And like it, I said, I think it's the consistency. Yeah. But I think, and, and I think that's a young guy thing. Yeah. But I think you're going to see guys like KJ take a next step who has been a incredibly pleasant surprise this year. You're going to see Jahan Dotson. You're going to see Justin Shorter. You're going to see so many of these guys like, you know, find their, find their home in the offense. Um, so yeah, I'm excited about it. Um, quick editor's note. We have plenty of people who are true juniors. I'm an idiot and just have it sorted wrong. Mm-hmm. Miles is a true junior. Classic. Connor McGovern, Blake Gillikin. Like I'm, I'm just an idiot. So sorry for that one. <laughs> um, but let's flip to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, so some of the guys that we definitely lose, number one, Amani Oruwarie, um, who has been just awesome this year. Um, t- I mean, take away the Michigan State, you know, last play, which sucks, but he's been a really good corner. And, and man, I've said it before, he's getting some real, like, late first, early second round hype. If this kid goes in and has a good senior bowl, which he has accepted his invite to, him and Trace will be down in Mobile, Alabama, has a good senior bowl, has a good draft uh, combine, like, you could see this kid's name called in the first round, which is awesome. Yeah, um, he's been phenomenal for us this year in what I think was probably the best uh, defensive unit in our defensive backfield. Um, and I, I think if there's going to be one knock on him as a draft, it's so it's basically exactly what you saw in that last play in the Michigan State game, is that even sometimes when he has good coverage, he tends to get himself out of position where he can't make a play on the ball. Um, but th- honestly, that's really the only real weakness in his game that I see. Uh, he's a great run stopper. He, he, and he's, he's a good coverage guy. He's always, you know, he, he doesn't get beat. Um, he, he just tends to get himself out of, you know, a little right. bit tangled up and tripped up. Yeah. I, I, I think, yeah. One of the ones I've read is that, you know, he doesn't have 
as much of like elite closing speed as some of the, like the top corners. But again, corner is a premier position in this day and age of the NFL. And I, I think he's going to be up there. So um, he's the big one that we lose in the defense. Um, Koa Farmer we lose, which we've talked about Koa. I love you as a person. I think Micah is more than capable to take, yeah, over. to take over. We will not see a drop-off. We will actually see an improvement there. So Koa, thank you for everything you've done for this program. Not super worried about the on-the-field production. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe he's an undrafted guy, but I I mean he, he bounced back and forth so much. He was a linebacker, then he was a safety, then he was a linebacker. Like he's kind of been all around, which is one of the things that like the team loves about him. And there was there was an article earlier this week about how he's been like a glue guy and the team loves him. And it's you know, when we're ragging on him for not getting a lot of tackles, it's it's the stuff behind the scenes that you don't see. Um, but as an NFL prospect, I don't personally see it. Um, but you never know. Um yeah. But from the secondary, that's that's really it, right? The rest of the secondary uh, – I'm sorry, Nick Scott as well. Um, Nick Scott, who stepped into the safety, this position, first year starting this year. He was a running back when he came into this team. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. But he was in the same running back room as Saquon and Nikhil Lynch and then said, nope, I'm going to flip over. Uh, I got 26 reasons why I shouldn't be in this running back room. Um, so, yeah, I think he's been just an incredible leader as well. Uh, I'll be interested to see his NFL draft uh, you know, kind of stock – um, he's another one that'll be my guess is late round, maybe undrafted guy. But yeah. you know, I could see if, if he puts up uh, a good combine, I could see him being like a sixth, seventh round. Uh, because I, th- I think what a lot of programs love about him is he's very he's a very cerebral player. Yeah, he's very smart. He's got good instincts. Um, and I, you know, he's had a good season. And, and he's, he, they're going to fall in love with him too. He does. He does. He's a, he's a good round stopper. Great run stopper, had a couple of nice interceptions, game ceiling interceptions. Um, and people are gonna love fall in love with him as a person. Like he he's just he's that Penn State character dude. Um, unfortunately, I think if there is one knock on him, it's probably that the combine numbers won't be great. Yeah, yeah. He's not an elite athlete like some of these other guys are. But again, I mean you look you look at some what some of our one year starters in the defense did last year, Troy Apke, Christian Campbell, like these guys got noticed and got drafted. So yeah. Oh, hey, Nick's got power to you, dude. Um, so we look at the the rest of uh, the defensive backfield. You've got uh, John Reed. I think comes back. Like, yes, he had a he had a good year, and he and towards the end of the year really came on. But yeah, started off kind of slow. Um, and as far as I know, like none of his numbers on paper kind of jump out at you as a you know, hey, you got to leave early, right? Like you're, he, I think he'd be like a late round guy. You know, best case scenario, he'd be like fifth round. Yeah, just I mean, missing a year for for injury hurts, right? Like, had he played last year and then this year, sure, I think he's gone because he probably has two very good seasons. But I think I think he got to a point this year towards the end where he was back to his old self. I think he comes back, is an absolute stud, and then goes high. Um, That's just sort of what I see. But we get guys like Tariq Castro Fields back, Lamont Wade, Don Johnson. Garrett Taylor, I believe, uh, comes back. What year is he? Looking that up right now. Uh, senior with junior eligibility. I, I don't see him going one one season of starting. He played really, really well. He did. I, oh, I love this kid. I think he comes back. Um, so do I. Um, he's, he's had a very good season, but it's probably not like a national hype type of season. It's the, it's the kind of season, like as a Penn State fan, like, oh, what a great season. But I don't think scouts are drooling at him after one, you know, one year. Right, right, right. So I think he comes back absolutely. Um, so, so I think the secondary is in good hands, right? Your your safeties are are um, 
Garrett Taylor and a combination of probably John Sutherland and Lamont Wade. Your corners are Reed, Tariq Castro-Fields, um, Don Johnson, and then some of the young guys that didn't play this year. Like I feel I'll good like, about I'd that. I'd like to see some more consistency in the Castro-Fields next season. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think uh, I think I like him. I think I like him more than I should, and I don't, I don't know if that's just because like I liked him as a prospect. I remember watching like his commitment video. He picked us like last minute. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just biased. Linebacker core. Uh, so like I said, we lose Koa. Um, Jan Johnson, he's only at junior eligibility right now, even though he's graduated. So I think he could technically come back if he wants, right? How does that work? If you if you have one more he's year of eligibility. eligibility. Right, but he's... I mean, no, I'm sorry, a junior eligibility, but a senior. He can come back. But no, but it says graduate. Like he's already graduated this year. So if, what does he just have to pick up a couple classes to enroll? Probably. Good for you, Jan Johnson. Come on back. I'd be surprised if he doesn't come back. I mean, hell yeah, you got a year of eligibility. Drafted this season. No, but he had a he had a very solid yeah, year. He had, you know, he had a great year for us. I loved it. Yeah. So you look at linebackers. Uh, we lose Koa, but Micah obviously stud is is only in his true sophomore year next year. Cam Brown uh, comes back for I think what will be his you know big breakout year. He had, he had a quietly good year this year. Yeah, he did. Um, Jan Johnson's there, and then you plug in some of the young guys. Uh, Jesse Lakeda, who played in flashes this year. Um, a couple of the other guys who redshirted, and then you got a five-star and a four-star coming in and, and Brandon Smith and Lance Dixon. I so like that Smith kid. He's, man, you put him and Micah together, it's it's going yeah. to be a pretty nasty. Linebacker you, I baby. Do, I love watching Michael Parsons play football. Man. He's just – he's got such phenomenal instincts, and he's – Athlete and he's huge. He's massive, absolutely <laughs> mad. And he's a freshman. He's a true. The kid's like eighteen years old, nineteen he's years like old, six five, like two forty. We're gonna find out right now. Um, yeah, and we we've mentioned it before. I think what I love about Micah is just how much he grew this year from just a freak athlete to like a true linebacker. Six three two thirty seven is what he's listed at here. He's only gonna grow. I mean, you remember you remember to reference our favorite guy Saquon, his freshman year, dude was a twig in relative terms to what he yeah. is now a couple of years in that weight room with Dwight Galt. Holy shit, man. Um, yeah, he could be like a 260 pound linebacker. Coming it's out insane. <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> insane. Um, so yeah, I feel good about the linebacking core. And then we look at the D line, you get Eater back. Um, I think Givens and uh, Rob Windsor, I don't see like both of them can, right? Givens is a senior with junior eligibility right now. Um, so he could go if he wanted. He and then huge seasons though. No, and that, that's what I mean. Like, I, I don't, I don't see either of them going, but you never know, right? Like, yeah. big boy defensive lineman, you need him in the NFL. But they're they're both junior eligibility, so I think both of them come back. So is Sharif. Yeah, Yitor comes back. Sharif is the one that I could see going that's early. Right. Yeah. Um, it's it's certainly has the potential to. Um, I, I don't know what this year's class of defensive ends looks like, but you got Bosa in there, who's obviously going to be the yep. number one. Um, yeah, pass rusher is is it's a it's a pretty stacked year, but again, it's you know one of the most coveted positions in the NFL. You need a Khalil Mack, you need you know uh, a Joey Bosa, you need those guys that can get after the quarterback. So um, I think if anyone leaves early in this defense, it's going to be Sharif. Yes, agreed, agreed. I think the rest of the defensive line comes back, um, and, and honestly, this might be selfish, but I hope Sharif doesn't go um, because I think one more year can just do so so many wonders for him. Well, and I, I think it'll be especially good for him because coming into next season, I mean, he was obviously the guy that drew all the attention at the beginning of the season because he was the pr- only proven guy in the defensive right. line. And so coming in next season with him and Yeter and teams, you know, 
they, they got to decide who to double team there. And they can't double team Sharif every play if nope. Leecher is playing the way he played this season. Yeah. So and another year of our D tackles getting better. I mean, it's just, yeah. I, getting better, hopefully getting bigger too. Man, um, it's just, it's insane to think about how many guys we're going to bring back after a season where we lost so much. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so yeah, for for Sharif, again, I can't blame him if he goes. He, he can probably, you know, he will get drafted. I don't know how high. Um, but just for, for me with defensive linemen, I, I, I was doing a periscope the other day before, uh, before the game, and I, and I talked about it a little bit. I feel like we have a little bit of a history with DNs going early and then not panning out. Um, yeah. Deion Barnes is one of them. A couple of years ago, he went. He was beast, absolute beast in college. I loved watching him. Um, actually, had a class with him in college. We took an acting class together. Not a big deal. Deion, nice. if you're listening, shout out. Um, had a really, really monster junior year at Penn State. Went to the draft. Didn't get drafted. I think the Jets actually picked him up as an undrafted. Was on the practice squad for a while and, and didn't pan out. Now he's coaching. He's coaching kids, coaching DNs, just awesome. But like, I think one more year would have done really well for him. Uh, Garrett Sickles, same thing. You remember, he was a monster. Left a year early. I think he got drafted by the Colts or picked up by the Colts. I think he might be on the Chargers or the, the Rams practice squad. We saw him, saw him at the parlor one time out here in L.A. So uh, it's just you see stories like that of, of guys who go early when they're not quite ready. And it's, shit, man, I, I get – get paid now and instead of potentially risking injury when you're playing for free, but selfishly one more year of Sharif I, I would, be would be incredible. The right career move for Sharif to stay. I, I do too. Do. I do too. Um, specialist Blake Gilligan said he's coming back. Yeah. He, he's a junior. I, I mean, listen, he is the punter. <laughs> he didn't have the best year, but he's the guy. Um, but no, he's like an academic. He's, he's like, I, super I, I remember the last time I heard of a punter. Early. <laughs> I mean, Hey, it could happen. Uh, so yeah, to wrap to wrap this segment up, I'm rambling. Sorry, guys. I'm I'm just excited. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be a very stacked team coming back next year. Our expectations are going to be ridiculously high again. Um, but that's how it should be. Right? That's what college football is. If you lose one game, your season's a failure. Like that's the game. Um, well, not even, not anymore. You can lose one game most true, years and still get true, to the playoffs. True. True. Um, I, mean, I think this is the first year of the playoff where there's been three undefeated teams. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the last piece on football, and then we're going to get into some wrestling recap or wrestling roundup, what do we call it? What? Uh, I don't know if we can call it a recap because these are matches yet to come. But. All right, we'll do a wrestling preview. Um, last thing on football, uh, all of you idiots who said James Franklin is leaving to USC or should leave to USC, first of all, kindly fuck yourself. Yeah. Second of all, like, just why? Why are we speculating on that before the dude even got fired? And guess what? He didn't get fired at USC. They're bringing him back. So people are freaking out for nothing. So why would he go? Yeah. It, that, again, I'm not going to debate this because it's not happening. What I will say on all of this is people freaked out about his first initial comment of, you know, I don't think that's right or fair to be discussing this right now. And I think he said that for two reasons. One, because... I don't think he wanted to throw that guy under the bus. Yeah. The guy still had a job, number one. Number two, you're not going to just openly talk about it. And people are like... Well, why didn't he just say, no, I'm not going. I love Penn State. Like, man, this is part of the game. Like, you have to kind of posture for improved facilities, higher assistant salaries. Like, sure. something we've seen over the last couple of years is assistant coaches leaving for other programs, which, when you're a top program, is Stop bound to happen, but it should happen when they're leaving for promotions, right? A defensive line coach goes to be a defensive coordinator or a wide receivers coach goes to be – uh, an offensive yeah, coordinator. Like what you didn't want to see was what happened with Larry Johnson. Yeah, right. Left to be a D-line coach. Last year, we lost Josh Gaddis. Granted, Alabama is the best program in the country, but he went to be a the wide receivers guy. coach, right? Like we knew we were going to lose Moorhead as as 
offensive coordinator to head coach. That was going to happen. That That's okay. Right. But he took Charles Huff with him, right. Who was our running backs coach, special teams coordinator. And I think he has some more titles there, but he's there. Um, even go back to the beginning days, Bob Shoup, our, our first defensive coordinator, yeah. he left to Tennessee for the same job. Guess where he is now? On Joe Moorhead's staff, yeah. running the defense there. So he's still a defensive coordinator. So I think you, you look at you look at the assistance we have right now. So maybe this was actually a good move by James Franklin. Maybe kind of put the pressure. That's on what I'm Penn saying. To, yeah, to take care of their you got to look at your you look at your so AD. Yeah, you look at your AD and say, hey man, like I'm, I'm not leaving, but help me out a little bit. And hey man, sorry, it's Sandy Barber. She's a woman, 2018. Um, but yeah, I, I think you look at this coaching staff. Um, Brent Pry and Sean Spencer need to be paid big time because this defense, man. Yeah, sure, we got beat up by Michigan, but for the most part, this defense has been really, really good and only got better when there were so many question marks. We didn't know who our middle linebacker was going to be. We didn't know who our defensive ends were going to be. Like, it's just they need to get paid and they need to get paid big. That's about it. We'll talk about that more in the next episode. Good end to a somewhat disappointing season. I'm happy. Nine and three, hopefully New Year's six. That's a wrap on football. Whew. I feel good. Oh, yeah. Pat, take us home with some wrestling. All right, so um, I, I feel like I've been – sometimes my, my stuff gets a little confusing to you non uh, – you know, guys out there who maybe don't follow – and girls, <laughs> ladies, women, um, who don't follow wrestling yet. Um, you know, I, I would suggest it, it's going to be a lot of a lot of fun at Penn State Wrestling. It's such a great time. Uh, it can be a little confusing with the rules, but uh, the commentators, if you watch matches, generally do a great job explaining because they know that there's not a ton – of wrestling fans right there who right. didn't wrestle in their day. Not diehards, yeah. yeah. Uh, so what I want to do for you guys is kind of run down our lineup and just kind of show you how great we are. Awesome. Um, so you started at 125. We don't really know who our guy is yet. Uh, it's been Devin Schnupp. Um, we're kind of hoping that that's not going to be the our guy going forward. Uh, then we go to 133. We got Roman Bravo Young. Great he, name. He is, it is a great name. He is not ranked yet because he's a true freshman and hasn't really shown anything. Um, but I, I, he will most likely finish the season with a top 15 ranking. How, how many, how many wrestlers get ranked? Is it like college football where it's 25? Uh, it's 20. Okay. It's top um, 20 get ranked. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I'm hoping for even higher than that. Hey, he's a freshman. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, he's shown great things. I think in, depending on what he does in the upcoming week, you'll most likely see a ranking out of him very soon. Uh, then we move on to 141 where we've got Nick Lee at fourth in the country. Uh, then we move on to 157, where we have Jordan Nolf, number one in the country. Love that guy. Number 65, Vincenzo Joseph, one in the country. Also a great name. Uh, by the way, Nolf and Chenzo are both uh, returning national champions. It's just amazing, man. From last season and Multiple the season. Multiple national and championships. Multiple number ones. It's yeah. incredible. And then we move on to 174. We've got Mark Hall, who took runner-up last season mm-hmm. and won the national championship the season Year before, before right? Yes. Yep. He's number two in the country. Who's and ahead of him? See, uh, he Valencia from Arizona State. He's the kid who beat him in the finals last season. Absolute stud. Fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, then we got 184. Uh, we have Shakur Rashid, who wrestled at 97 last season. Um, I forget exactly where he finished, but he did. He was an All American last season at 97. Uh, he's currently ranked number five at 84. And I, I think we're going to see him move up. I'm expecting a big season out of him. Um, he's a guy you could see in the national finals. I definitely see him being top three, though. That's incredible. Yeah. Or I should, I should say top four, because I think he'll be in that you know third-place match. Oh, but still, it's amazing. And then at 197, we've got Bo Nickel. Uh, he was our 84-pounder last season. Uh, 
returning two-time national champion. He is number one at 197. And then at heavyweight, we now have Anthony Kassar getting the start over Nick Nevels. Um, he's looked great so far. Uh, he was kind of subbing in with uh, Shakur at 84 last, uh, 97 last season, platooning, and Shakur ended up kind of having the hotter end of the season, so got the start in the national finals. Right. And he is number two in the country at heavyweight. And to give you a, just a little rundown of just how great some of our wrestlers are, uh, Flow Wrestling, great wrestling site. Um, if you're a wrestling fan, absolutely subscribe. I pulled the trigger. I uh, did it a couple weeks ago. It's like 15 bucks a month. It's a great deal. You get so much good content. And, and, and just at the very least, you get to watch basically all Penn State's matches. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and if you're not a diehard fan and you, you, know, you don't want to spend that money yet I, but want to get into the sport, I would suggest following them on Twitter and Instagram because it's a great way to learn about stuff. Oh, is it Flow? Flow. Flow Wrestling. F-L-O. Oh, no W. Okay. F-L-O. There's the W's in wrestling. Get it. I get it. Flow Wrestling. Check them out. So Free ads. They, they do pound-for-pound rankings, and we've got number one, Jordan Nolf, number two, Bo Nickel, number four, Vincenzo Joseph, and number seven, Mark Hall. So this is regardless of weight class, you're saying? Yes. we got the one, two, four, and seventh pound-for-pound pound wrestlers out of the top 20. In the entire country? In the entire country. That's how Jesus Christ. Uh, and so uh, this week coming up, we've got two matches. Uh, we've got Bucknell on Friday and then Lehigh on Sunday. Uh, both of these should be dominant team wins, but you'll see some interesting matchups. Uh, against Bucknell, there's really not a lot to go on. They only have one ranked wrestler. It's at 197. They've got the 19th ranked kid in the country, Garrett Hoffman. Most likely, Bo Nickel absolutely rolls over this kid. But then Lehigh. So Lehigh should be a, uh, a lopsided team win. But they have a lot of ranked wrestlers, so it'll be very interesting to watch. Uh, the one I'm most excited for is going to be at 133, where we see Roman Bravo Young going against number eight, Scott Parker. Oh, okay. Um, so this will be Roman's first true test of the season, uh, his first ranked wrestler. And, I mean, if, if we see him beat this kid, you're absolutely going to see him in top ten rankings next week. Yeah, because that does well for his stock if he's unranked beating absolutely. the number eight guy. Okay. Uh, their next ranked wrestler at 57 uh, number 14 in the country, Gordon Wolf. Uh, again, you know, he's going up against the guy who's considered the best wrestler in the country this year, Jordan Nolf. I think he gets absolutely rolled. Yeah. I think Nolf either texts him or pins him. Worst case scenario, he majors him. Uh, and then at 65, uh, Chenzo's going to be against Lehigh. Chenzo's going to be going up against uh, number 12 in the country, Cole Walter. This again, you know, this is a 12th ranked wrestler in the country, and he's probably going to get beat very, very badly. Just shows you how fucking good we are. That's yes. incredible. Uh, at 74, Mark Hall will be going up against number seven, Jordan Cutler. Um, I don't know a lot about this kid, but it, uh, this is one I'm, I'm excited to watch uh, because Hall doesn't always dominate the top guys. He wrestles a lot of close matches with these uh, sort of better kids. Okay. So it would be interesting to see if he can get out there with, with, with a bonus point win, which is you know a major decision to tech ball or pin. I think that will go a long way to kind of setting the tone for his season. Uh, then at 184, th- this might be the most interesting match, uh, aside from 133. Uh, Shakur Rashid, who's ranked fifth in the country, will be going against number seven, Ryan Preesh, I believe it's pronounced. Okay. Uh, this will be a great match, number five against number seven. Uh, a good chance for Shakur to bump up his ranking if he wins. And if he can get a win with bonus points, that'll be really great for him. What's bonus points? Sorry. Um, uh, the, the major decision, which is if you win by eight or more points. Yep. A tech fall, which is if you're up by 15 points at or more at any point in the match, it stops. Or a pin. Okay. So you get bonus points for that. Yeah. So that, that you get more team points. If you Got it. Um, but, I mean, that'll be 
again, that'll be just a real statement win for him. You know, a guy who's only ranked two behind him. Man, yeah, I mean, that's you got opportunity, right? You gotta, you gotta make the most of it. And then at ninety-seven, Bo Nickel will be going against Jake Jake Jacobson, I believe it is. Um, kids ranked fourteenth in the country. Again, most likely will get absolutely dominated. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> I mean, um, it's like I, I've I, made this I've made this analogy before, but it's like you look at the Alabama football team who's number one, and it doesn't matter who's coming in there; they're just going to steamroll them. Like we have multiple guys that are doing that. Yeah, that's that, just, that are going to be steamrolling ranked wrestlers. That's awesome. Yes, in mo- in, li- in all likelihood. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I'd be surprised if Bo doesn't come out there with a bonus point. And then another very interesting one will be at heavyweight, uh, Kassar going against the number six ranked, ranked kid in the country, Jordan Wood. Um, I believe this kid's a sophomore, and I don't know how I, – I looked him up. He doesn't look like a bigger heavyweight because heavyweight does go up to 285. Right. Very few guys really hit that weight. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it'll, be, it'll be fun to watch him ranked, you know, wrestle a highly ranked wrestler. Um, Kassar is one of the smallest guys at heavyweight. So, in all likelihood, Wood will be a little bit bigger. It'll, it'll be a good test. Nice. So, you mentioned, you know, a lot of these guys are freshmen, sophomore. I can't imagine wrestling is similar to kind of what we just talked about with guys leaving early for the NFL yeah. because okay. there's, there is no next step, right? Like, well, of course, the there's a the next thing step. What will happen is in an Olympic year, guys will take a red shirt to try and compete. In oh, the okay. Course. Very cool. So, but, yeah. But that is rare because it's it's ve- it's very rare that a college guy is good enough to make the olympic team mm-hmm. especially with how good our olympic team is right the past few years right so yeah because after after college for these guys <coughs> excuse me i'm so excited about wrestling yes uh after college for these guys it's it's olympics it's the the World worlds Champions. which you know our guy and david taylor just not did a hugely profitable venture right so that's what i was say so like a guy like david taylor who is crushing right now does he have a day job like does he do something no, on the no, side? he's a full-time wrestler. He's got a lot of merchandise that he sells. Uh, these guys, what they do is they, they go to camps. So they, 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 they run camps. Got it. People come in, and he teaches them. They pay to go to the camp. Oh, that's cool. And that, and, or a lot of them are assistant coaches in places. That's right, how they, right, That's how they make most of their money. Okay, very cool. Well, hell, we got, we got a ton of these number one guys. Would you say four of the top ten pound for pound? Four of the top 20. Well, also four of the top ten, actually. Right? The lowest is seven. Yeah, we're going to say four, four, four of, of the, the top, top seven. seven. Four of the top seven. That's more than half of the top seven are Penn State wrestlers. Um, hopefully all of those guys go on to uh, Olympics, one, two, to Worlds. That's incredible. That's incredible. Um, yeah, this this is awesome. Um, I can't commit to watching one this this weekend, but I will watch one soon. I promise. I'm going to yeah, be out of town I, this I, I weekend. I want to do an event where uh, we, we watch one together and yes. a live broadcast. We'll live stream it. We'll for, periscope uh, for it. For all the, the, like, the non-wrestling fans out there to get a perspective of both a wrestling fan and a, and a non-wrestling fan. It's it's like in the Olympics when you always say, like, I wish they would just put an average guy in there just, just to show how different it yeah. is. Like, you'll be going crazy. Like, what was that? What, what, what was that one? Um, no, that's cool. I, I appreciate that. I uh, appreciate the learnings as always. Um, yeah, and that that's our show. So we are we are coming up on the end here. Um, Penn State football in the books has been, like I said, a fun season doing this podcast, just getting to shoot the shit about the team that we love. Uh, now we're introducing some wrestling talk, which is awesome. So let us know what you guys want to hear. Uh, we're going to have a lot of stuff coming up in the off season. We'll have some cool episodes, hopefully some interviews lined up, maybe um, get some people on the show. Um, and we're going to keep it rolling through the off season, right? It probably won't be Probably won't be as frequent as, as every week because I'll be on a football game every week, but we'll keep the wrestling stuff going for you guys and, and throw some football in there as well. So let us know what you want to hear. Check us out, Twitter, Instagram. Tell your friends. 
Uh, Pat, any last words for fans? Yeah, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if, if there's anything you ever want to hear or you, know, you just want to interact with us, reach out to, you know, Chris runs the uh, official No Names All Game Twitter and Instagram. Always feel free to reach out to me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, uh, just Pat Colicchio, C-O-L-I-C-C-H-I-O on Twitter. And Pat underscore Colicchio on Instagram. You guys got uh, wrestling questions, comments. If you're trying to get into the sport or, or if you're already a fan, you know, please reach out to me. Tell me what you want to hear. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to interact with you guys. Yeah. And Pat's personal Twitter is in the no names bio. So check it out real easy for you. Um, guys, we're, we're here for you. Okay. I couldn't make this shit easier. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, hopefully we get a great bowl game and, and finish the season on a win. We are. <laughs>